0: Hello and welcome to the Auto Owner Story Podcast, where we help you share your automotive story with the world. I'm your host, Dave Eastman. I bought my 1968 Camaro Rally Sport from a used car lot in Thousand Oaks, California. It was light blue inside and out, had a four-speed manual transmission and bucket seats. The body was pretty good on it. Although I found out later that it had had some body work done to the right passenger door and the, and the trunk lid. I bought the Camaro in my senior year of high school or soon after graduating. I honestly can't remember for sure. Um, but anyway, during my high school years, I, I worked at a gas station. And it was good for me because I, I learned how to work on cars and some of the basic fundamental things. I really ha- didn't have much experience, but... Uh, And also in high school, I'd taken some automotive classes. So, anyway, that's what I was doing. Before I get to more on the Camaro, I'd like to just uh, mention a little bit about my first and second cars. My first vehicle was a 1954 Ford truck. It had lots of problems, and it it was uh, really, uh, it wasn't long before I decided, you know, this really isn't going to work for me. And so I, I felt like at that time I needed to replace it, so... That's what I did. If you want to hear more about that story, if you go to the episode three on an auto owner story podcast, uh, you can hear about that. Um, I did a full episode on it. But uh, so after the I got rid of the truck, then I bought a 1964 red Corvair Monza, and it was really in pretty good shape. The body was good. It just needed tires and new carpet in the interior. The Corvair was fun and it was very reliable. I bought some new tires. What I bought were called tiger paws. I don't know if you're old you remember that, but anyway I'm pretty sure that's what they were. They were a wide tire, and they had a red stripe on the sidewall. I bought some small Chevrolet hubcaps and repainted the rims black. And there wasn't really much else the car needed after that. It was really in pretty good shape and it was a fun it was fun to drive and and Then I got to the point that I thought, you know, I'd really like to have something more. So I decided to move up to the Camaro. It had uh, kind of some ugly stock wheels. If I remember right, they were kind of a wire wheel hubcap is what they were. And I knew they had to go. A common look at that time for sporty cars and race cars and performance cars was to have what they call split wheels or split rims. They were modified to be wider than the originals, and what happened is, uh, to split the rims, you'd take the tires off the wheels, and then you'd take the wheels, the steel wheels, to a machine shop, and they would put the wheel on a lathe, and they would cut it, and then they would cut it into two sections or two halves, and then they would bend some metal, some uh, thick metal. And bend it round and and then insert it into the wheel and weld it in place, so that uh, you know you could make a, a stock wheel wider by two, three, four inches, whatever you wanted to do. I think I did two or three inches on on the two uh, wheels that I took in there to, to make them a little bit wider than stock. So I did it only on the rear wheels because I like that look. You know, it, it looked good. Two wider tires on the back and the stock tires on the front, and uh, so it was kind of fun to to do that and. And uh, I really liked the look. It was pretty sweet. The car didn't meet, need much work after that. I mean, a good wash and cleanup is all it needed. And, and you know, after driving it for a while, I noticed that there was kind of a, a jerk slightly when you when you let out on the clutch a little bit or kind of a shudder. So I started a process of trying to figure out what was causing the shudder. That problem turned into one of the most difficult mechanical issues to resolve in, in, in all my vehicles I've ever had. I replaced two clutches, I replaced the flywheel, um, I overhauled the transmission, I replaced some bearings in the transmission, I replaced the throw bearing sleeve on the front of the transmission. I checked all the linkage, I lubricated it, I, I lubed uh, every piece I could see that, that moved relating to the clutch, and I couldn't find what the problem was. The owner of the gas station that I worked at, he was a master mechanic. He was really a great mechanic, and he really knew a lot. So he and I worked together, but we couldn't figure it out. I talked to uh, many mechanics, and, and no one really had an answer for me. So it was really kind of frustrating. One day, I was talking with another guy about the problem. He mentioned that Chevrolet cars in that era had problems with engine motor mounts breaking. And if the motor mount breaks then when a driver accelerates hard, the engine actually lifts up. And when it lifts up, then that can bind the linkage, the throttle linkage, and cause it to stick. So you, you can imagine what would happen if you're accelerating hard and, and the throttle sticks and you let off on the gas pedal, but it doesn't matter because the engine's cocked up and the, the accelerator linkage is, is bound. It'll just keep accelerating. It won't, it won't let off when you or slow down when you let off of the, the accelerator pedal. Rather than replacing the motor mounts on hundreds of thousands of cars, General Motors decided to put cable straps from the car's frame around the exhaust manifold and back to the frame. The purpose was to hold the engine in place during hard accelerations. So after talking to the guy, I hoped that I'd maybe come up with a solution, so when I got to work that night, I had my boss watch the engine while I let out the clutch when I had the park brake on. And the engine lifted up, and then the car shuttered. And so he could actually see the, cu- the engine shuttering, causing the clutch linkage to shutter. So the broken mounts could not only bind up the throttle linkage, but they could also affect the clutch linkage. So that was what was causing the clutch uh, shutter. I replaced the engine mounts, and the problem was fixed. After all the problems and working on the car, I got a little burnout on it. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll just make a change and get something else. During that time, small pickups were popular. One day, I kind of made an emotional decision, and I decided to go look at little trucks, and I I found a new uh, Ford Courier pickup. What a mistake. Uh, The truck was cute, and it had some fun features and that type of thing. I bought a camper shelf for it and had kind of a padded carpeting in the back, you know, thinking about sleeping in it or whatever I wanted to do. So anyway... I'm not sure why I bought it with the camp shell and everything. Probably the sales guy probably just talked me into it. So, yes, that Camaro is a car that I wish I'd never sold. It was fun, easy to drive, and it looked great. You can see photos of the car on and hear more about it on one of the other stories uh, on this podcast. It's a it's a story my sister Gail gave about her uh, her first car and, and some of the fun she had in, in uh, earlier on in her life with her car. And it actually involved uh, the Camaro. She used the Camaro for a while when I was away in the service. As I sit here telling this story, it's amazing how clear the memories are about uh, that time in my life. I had some emotional times as I progressed through high school and college. You know, I'm sure many of you have had similar life issues as you learned and matured. Uh, That is the car, though, that I wish I still had. And frankly, I even wish I had my first vehicle, which was the Ford truck and the Corvair. I have many memories of uh, my cars and the years working in the automotive service industry. After college, I worked as an auto mechanic in a British car dealership. I drove and worked on Jaguars, Lotus, MGs, and Triumph TR6s and other sports cars. It was hard work, but I made good money for a first job. The sports cars were very fun to drive. Uh, I I liked the TR6 cars most. I worked on a lot of them, you know, but one of the most comfortable cars I I drove while I was there was the Jaguar XJS four-door sedan. They were a great road car. It was quiet and smooth. It was just still to this day one of the most enjoyable cars to get out on the highway and drive or on a country road or someplace like that. I hope you enjoyed this story. I'm sure many of you have had stories like this about cars or trucks that you've had in the past, and we'd love to hear your stories. So please, also, if you would, share this story with some of your friends or family. Help us spread the word about the Auto Owner Story podcast so we can get uh, some more good stories and have some fun listening to folks like yourself that are sharing uh, stories and experiences you had with your first car or a car that you had in the past that you really Had some good road trips on or cars that you you just uh, remember uh, through your early years in life and maybe even current. I mean, current is fine, too. So whatever you've got, we'd we'd love to talk with you about it. So if you'd like to share or like to talk to me, just go to AutoOwnerStory.com. And on the menu on the right-hand side, just click Schedule a Call. And we can uh, get together and talk about your story and, and see what you think. If you want to do a trial recording, we can do that too. So I look forward to talking to you. Thank you very much.